Welcome back to the Possibility Department, the space for constantly curious seekers where personal growth meets metaphysics and occultism. If you're willing to entertain the possibility of anything and everything when it comes to the nature of reality, then this is the place for you. My name is Luciana and I'll be your host as we theorize about both spiritual and psychological templates to aid in constructing and crystallizing our ideal life experiences. We'll be engaging in methods of mysticism, myth, philosophy, and psychology, all while hopefully fanning the flames of your very own personal creative renaissance. We're here to create our lives, not just live them. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Possibility Department Podcast. How you doing? It feels like I've been making podcast episodes forever, man. (laughs) I've been at this for a while. The other day I was looking at the amount of episodes that I've deleted from the public. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's like 47 or something like that. And then all of the ones on Patreon. And it's been two or three years, I think. And just a lot. A lot of me talking. A lot of me talking. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting me by listening. Hopefully you've left me a review or a rating wherever you're listening to this because that really, really helps me. It is very important to support the creators that you like because it's hard to get seen out there. So I really appreciate you for rating and reviewing. Uh, Before we go any further, I, of course, have to thank my sponsor-level patrons. Thank you so much to Hannah, Sydney, Amy, Susie, Mariella, Erica, Brittany, Tara, Myriad, Noel, and Sarah. Thank you so much for supporting me on the higher tiers over on Patreon. This is a part two to the last episode. So if you haven't listened to my episode called Droplets of Divinity, part one, go listen to that, please, because otherwise this may not make sense. We're kind of just going to pick up where we left off. In the last episode, I talked about what is divinity? How do we define it? Do we have little drops of divinity in us? The power of creation that we have as humans, the power of influence that we have as humans, the overlooked powers that we sort of exert in our everyday, reflecting on our own mortality, and that humanity is really the thing, man. Like, we are really living the experience right now. We're living all of, like, the raw vulnerability, the emotions, the, the sadness, the happiness, the joy, the anger, the everything in between. This is the experience. It's not always enjoyable, but this is the adventure. Would you choose anything other than the adventure of being a human, you know? And that changes the perspective on how we go about our day to day. So keeping in a lot of the same themes, we're going to stay real metaphorical here. We're going to talk about myth and metaphor and, you know, theorizing on different ways of reframing. If you're looking for, like, good and grounded, mm, this this isn't the podcast for you. Um, but we are going to talk about some grounded facts as well. So I guess there'll be, there'll be tidbits for you. How's that? How's that? I wanted to start off this podcast by talking about a, uh, a myth, I guess you could say. It's, well, it's a current that runs through a lot of Greek myth, and that's the concept of Iker. Iker is the blood of the gods. It is that which runs through the veins of the divine. It runs through the veins of divinity. It runs through the veins of those who are 
larger than us and larger than life. It's usually described or it's been described uh, as blue, as black, as gold. Um, but modernly it's seen as blue, I think, because of the term blue bloods. Blue blood being the term that we modernly use for royalty today, right? And from my understanding, blue blood the origin of that term is from the blood of the gods in Greek mythology, this blood called ichor, which is described as a, a concoction of ambrosia, honey, and nectar, I think, which, I mean, sounds divine in itself, you know, can you imagine that running through your veins? So that was the blood of the gods. So as you may already know, I'm not exactly a Greek mythology buff and I don't claim to be, but running all throughout Greek myth, there's a lot of couplings between gods and humans, gods and nymphs, gods and lesser gods or lesser goddesses, or there's a lot of coupling in general, right? And this led to a lot of uh, myths and stories and fables of humans that ended up being born demigods because they had a parent that was divine. And by having a parent that was divine, they, by default, had ichor running through their veins, this blue or gold liquid that was a combination of ambrosia and nectar and honey and probably smelled really nice, they got a little bit of that running through their veins and that in essence made them a part of something bigger, it made them a part of divinity and it gave them a little bit of the power of divinity. It didn't make them a full god, but it certainly did make them a demigod. It made them part god in their own right. So I want to talk metaphorically about this concept of the blood of the gods, of Iker, if you will. And if you have no concept of divinity, if you don't have a container to put divinity in, you don't have a, a shape that you put it in, there's nothing for you to picture when you picture divinity. If you're that kind of person, what would you see as divine? And on that note, what would then be the blood of that divinity? What would be the ichor that runs through? And what would it run through? Would it run through you? Would it run through everything? Would it be the undercurrent that sort of fuels the world? Yeah, it's metaphorical. Yeah, none of this is real or grounded. We're speaking in metaphors, but you know what? Let's just go on a metaphysical, metaphorical ride. Why not? So two years ago, I did a video on Patreon. I was doing a Wheel of the Year series, which is still up if you want to watch it. And on the summer solstice, I did a really long video talking about the sun because it was the summer solstice, appropriate, right? And I talked about how we often look at ancient civilizations as being primitive for having worshipped the sun. Many of them worshipped the sun or had separate sun gods, solar deities, so forth. And we often look back on that as being sort of primitive in a way because now we know that the sun is a star and this is the solar system and how everything works and the science behind it and it's sort of lost its sense of grandness and majesty but in that video i talked about how of course they worshipped the sun the sun is the celestial body that is central to our existence the continuation of our existence and we ourselves as humans are derived from the same things we're derived from stars we very literally would not be here if it wasn't for stars. And the sun is the star we have the most access to. It's so close that we can feel the heat coming off of it. In a very logical sense, the sun is the center of everything for us. It is, in a way, 
our god. So not only are we connected to the sun because of everything it provides for our planet, we're also more connected to stars themselves than we give ourselves credit for. Stars, in essence, are our first ancestors. Stars are our first ancestors. How weird is that? Let that sink in. In essence, that is true. I know, I know, I know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go off on this big, like, you're made of stardust babe <laughs> rant. That's not really where I'm trying to go here. But just the simple remembering of that already feels grounding to me. Does it not to you? So how's about you and me go on a mystical, metaphysical, metaphorical ride together in the exploration of the concept of divinity as the stars themselves and the cosmic events that led us here and the ichor, the blood of the gods, being the very elements that make you up that were formed billions of years ago. This is a direct quote from the American Museum of Natural History that says, Every atom of oxygen in our lungs, of carbon in our muscles, of calcium in our bones, of iron in our blood, was created inside a star before the Earth was born. Why not explore that as the concept of the blood of the gods? The stars being the gods themselves, and the elements within us being the ichor, that mystical, magical, nectar-smelling blood that connects us to something larger than us. And it's not just within us, it's within everything, right? It's, it's within the animals, it's within the plants, it's this undercurrent of actual literal star stuff that connects you to the thing that you look up at in the sky. How weird is that? I love the idea of divinity being something that is universal in the sense of the universe and that when you look up at the sun or you look up at any star to have that recognition that you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a star. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for stars going supernova. You know, you're the result of stars going supernova. Is that not just the weirdest thing? Okay, yeah, let's go let's go into some facts cuz I'm I'm going a little wild. All right, so here's the breakdown, my friends. The whole we're made of star stuff thing that you probably see reposted on Instagram like 40 times a day. My understanding is that that sort of like as a quote took off with Carl Sagan who in a TV series or maybe it was Cosmos, the TV series Cosmos at one point actually said the quote, like, we are made of star stuff. And I think that that was probably the pivotal moment where that stuck and everyone just started, like, reposting that without context later on in the age of the internet. But here's the timeline of what that looks like, right? So I'm going to link this below, but according to the Natural History Museum, they actually interviewed a planetary scientist and stardust expert. Can you imagine being a stardust expert? love that title. Um, and the person's name is Dr. Ashley King. So this is a direct quote from Dr. King. It says, it's totally 100% true. Nearly all of the elements in the human body were made in a star and many have come through several supernovas. So here's the timeline of what that looks like. Keep in mind, I'm gonna give you the bullet point drunk history version of this. <laughs> you can uh, read the, the article if you want a more detailed version. Billions of years ago, when everything started with the Big Bang, 
there were only certain elements that existed, and those elements included hydrogen, helium, and some small amounts of lithium. So only these elements exist, right? With the Big Bang, the first generation of stars were super, super huge, and the larger a star is, the faster it sort of burns through its fuel, if that makes sense. And so like inside the star, <laughs> I'm really doing this very casually, inside the star, there's a process that happens called nucleosynthesis. Don't ask me what that is. Don't know. But Dr. King says that it's basically the making of elements. So this process that's happening inside these first stars, right, like the first generation of stars, this process, nucleosynthesis, is the creation of elements. And then the next generation of stars is then able to produce other elements like carbon and magnesium, and then later, quote, every other element in the periodic table. In that wild, the whole periodic table is created through generations of stars. Generations. Isn't it so weird to think of stars as generations? You have generations of people, generations of animals, generations of stars. We all come from each other. What is life? So here's the original quote from Carl Sagan where we got the we are made of star stuff. Um, again, this is a direct quote. It says, our sun is a second or third generation star. All of the rocky and metallic material that we stand on, the iron in our blood, the calcium in our teeth, and the carbon in our genes were produced billions of years ago in the interior of a red giant star. We are made of star stuff. Another quote, this is from Live Science, and this will all be linked below, says... The material from a supernova eventually disperses throughout interstellar space. The oldest stars almost exclusively consisted of hydrogen and helium with oxygen and the rest of the heavy elements in the universe later coming from supernova explosions. According to Cosmic Collisions, the Hubble Atlas of Merging Galaxies. And then supernova, if you haven't been familiar with the term, is defined by Oxford languages as a star that suddenly increases greatly in brightness because of a catastrophic explosion that ejects most of its mass. Take a second and picture stellar explosions and make the connection that you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. That everything in you and everything in us is somehow a result, a giant chain reaction from that. This is, this is, I guess, what I talk about so much in my podcast, that our life here is really incredibly weird. <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the truth of our reality is very, very strange and very weird in the best possible way. But we're so tired of it that we don't really look at it with the right mindset or the right set of eyes. I remember I saw this meme that made me laugh so hard and it was one of those spiritual memes where it it's some, said something along the lines of like me trying to contact my ancestors and then below it there was a picture of like a, a sea creature from I don't know the Paleozoic era or something like that some prehistoric sea creature. I mean the earliest life known on earth is like microbes, right? Let me fact check myself. Yeah, according to naturalhistory.edu, it says the earliest life forms we know of were microscopic organisms, microbes, that left signals of their presence in rocks about 3.7 billion years old. So 3.7 billion years ago, the first life form on this planet was microbes. And they wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for stellar explosions. 
So maybe when you when you reach out to your ancestors, you might be reaching all the way back to a mic. <laughs> it's just wild. So I guess what I'm here to say is, you know, when it comes to divinity, a lot of us have trouble connecting with something bigger than us. And I know that I'm not the only one that struggles with this, that you want to connect with something bigger, but you have a hard time a lot of days. <laughs> being able to or putting that in a container or being able to uh, find an image or a, a picture or a, a, a book or something that can give you some form of connection in that way. And what I find to be really beautiful is continuously just going back to the nature of reality and what is real. Not to say that I don't sometimes create an image of what God or, or divinity looks like to me, not to say that I don't connect with things beyond myself, not to say that I haven't created an ancestor altar or done any of those things, I certainly have, but in the days when I'm feeling like I can't believe in that and I need something to make me feel like I am connected to something larger than myself, then looking at reality itself is super useful because, I mean, just walk away from watching any documentary that interviews an astrophysicist and you will feel inextricably linked to everything around you. And I guess what makes it more beautiful is that it's, it's, I, my mind can't argue with it because it's true, right? These are things that the mind can't really argue with. A lot of times when you're very like logically minded in spirituality, you'll struggle because the logical part of your mind is arguing, but it can't argue this friend. It can't. It's both humbling and awe-inspiring to remember that we come from a very long and strange lineage of life, starting with the Big Bang to generations of stars and generations of stars creating generations and generations of different elements eventually our entire periodic table as we know it that creates this world of form and the microbes that eventually became the prehistoric animals that eventually became the early versions of ourselves that eventually became us here in our modern world living with those same basic elements inside us like nothing ever changed those basic elements that were formed inside of red giants are here within you right now. They make up your blood. They make up your bones. They make up your teeth. In so many ways, you are a wonder to behold. Did you know there's gold in your hair? There's a study that concluded that there are nanoparticles of gold in our hair. I'll link that below. There's gold in your hair. Or how about our water? The same water has been here on Earth for millions of years and we're just drinking the same water over and over again. That you're drinking the exact same water that dinosaurs drank 60 million years ago. We over and over intake the same water into our bodies that are made up of the elements that were made in a red giant billions of years ago. That's divinity. That's the blood of the gods. That's the undercurrent that you carry. It's the legacy of life itself. It's entire history being somehow weirdly coded within you all day, every day. And you might say, hey, that's not divine if everyone has it. But is everyone conscious of it, though? What would change if you traveled through the adventure of life with the awareness that that which resides within you 
was once part of cosmic explosions and that you carry that history, that power, that vitality within you. You are the expression of nature and history. You are billions of years in the making. Billions of years of cosmic events and evolution have all led to you here now. So what are you going to do with your time here? So if you're looking for a picture of the gods, bring to mind the image of cosmic explosions. And if you want to recognize the blood of those gods, look in the mirror. All right, on that note, I'm going to leave you there. Before I go, I do want to invite you to something that is time sensitive. If you've been with me for a while, you might remember in 2020, I ran a five-month program um, that was called, at the time, Manifesting with the Pentacle. I have since changed the name because I've grown a bit of a hatred for the word manifestation because of the way it's been used. I see it as the very real process of creation that involves both action and mindset and spirituality, in my personal opinion, but it's been used in ways that I find icky. <laughs> and yes, I use the word icky. It's a professional term. Uh, and so I've changed the name, uh, I don't know, a year ago or something like that. And it's called Get Your Shit Together with the Pentacle, which I think is pretty appropriate because that's what it has you do. Um, and so I'm going to be starting that again live this year which is really exciting, soon, actually. Um, and I'm releasing all new content. I know that in 2020, the content that I released, it was a lot for each module and it was really heavy. I'm gonna get really concise this year with all of this, this new content that I'm creating. Uh, it's gonna be more streamlined. It's gonna be more digestible. There's gonna be a live component where we're gonna check in with each other on Discord. And essentially what this is, is I'm gonna prompt you to ask yourself, what your vision is for like the life you want to live or what your intention is. So you could have a specific intention, like say, I want to start a podcast. That's always my example, right? Because that was one of my main ones. Um, or you could just have a vision for like, I want to live a life that feels creative and joyful in my day to day. So it can be something kind of broad or it can be something really specific. And essentially, we're going to use the pentacle and the elements of earth, air, fire, water, spirit as a template to work your way backward from that intention and create a life that supports it. Because here's the thing, if you want to start a podcast, but you haven't even come up with an idea, you haven't written an outline, you haven't separated a space or a desk where you can record, you haven't made a budget so you can set up a mic, you haven't gotten in the right mindset and done maybe like some journaling prompts to let yourself know that like, yes, I can do this. This is okay. This is safe. Whatever your blocks are around that, you haven't figured out what spiritual templates are going to sort of help pull you through this process, which is going to be really vulnerable. You haven't gone through the process of figuring out what risks you're going to be taking and how you're going to respond to those risks and how you're going to break through those blocks, probably using spiritual templates. And so, that's what this program aims to do, right? We're working our way backward and we're going to go through all your life areas using the elements as a template and essentially ask, you know, is your space and your organization of your physical space in your home supporting your intention? No? Okay. How do we make it support your intention? Is your relationship with your finances supporting your intention? As in like the budgets that you need to make to save for whatever the thing is or the budgets you need to make just so you can be stress-free so you don't have to worry about XYZ within reason, right? We're, we're realistic here. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to go out and manifest a million dollars. I'm going to tell you to make budgets. 
<laughs> we take the realistic approach. And there'll be like some spiritual fun stuff in there too. But we're going to go through and ask all of these things. In the fire element, we're going to look at like your creativity, your creation process, your space for creativity. Do you allow yourself the space to be creative, to come up with the ideas? What makes you feel creative, right? Like how can we name the things that make you feel creative? In the air element, we're going to look at your organization, your clarity, your schedules, your systems. Are you scheduling out the time to do the thing? Are you scheduling out the time for, I don't know, self-love or self-care or whatever the thing is if you have a more broad intention of just wanting to live with joy? It's all going to depend on like what your vision is, but we're going to go through all of these life areas, these elements of your life, and we're going to ask, is that supporting your intention? Because often when we have an intention or a vision, we try to just make a beeline straight for it. You know, like, oh, I want to start a podcast. Let me just let me just go. Let me <laughs> let me just go straight for it. And then the thing is, is that I'm not saying that that can't work. It absolutely can. But the thing is, is that it can be exhausting and there's going to be a lot of stop, start, go, stop, start, go, stop, start, go. Why? Because you haven't really prepared your life to support that coming to fruition. You haven't prepared your life to support that being sustainable. And so what happens is when you make a beeline for just like, I'm here and now I want to start a podcast, it's a little more, it's not sustainable. You might like get exhausted or get frustrated because you didn't make the the schedules. You don't have the space to record in your home. You didn't figure out, you know, what you're going to have to do or you didn't plan the education that you're going to need. You didn't budget for the mic. You didn't do X, Y, Z. And so it's going to be a lot more exhausting and therefore a lot harder and you might give up, you know? I think that's honestly what happens a lot. And I use this as an example because this is the template that I used when I did it live in 2020. So as I was creating the program and releasing it week by week, I was also doing it live with the group. And my intention was to quit my full-time job um, and just, you know, do like the possibility department stuff full-time at that point. Uh, and by the end of it, I was able to quit my job. And a lot of that was a lot of the real action that I took through, through the program, you know, in the fire element which is about like risk-taking and creation. I opened one-on-one -on -one calls, uh, which I had never done before, but it was something that I wanted to do and I was also really afraid to do, but I knew that that would like net me more income to be able to reach the financial goals that I need to, to be able to actually quit. And so when we were in fire, I did that. When we were in the earth element, I made all of like the mock-up budgets to try and figure out like how much would I need to be able to quit my job and how can I build up my savings account? And I mean, I was, it, and it was, this was 2020, the pandemic had just hit. And so I started like selling my stuff on let go and on offer up and like saving all of this money. And I mean, there's a lot of like real world action things and then combined with sort of the spirituality of it, combined with the journaling prompts, combined with the templates of spirituality that work for you, combined with the meditations, using the pentacle as a template. It all kind of forms this nice mesh of logical and spiritual that I feel like works. And here's the best news, pal. <laughs> here's the best news is that it's available. It's a five-month course. It's a five-month program. Industry standard for stuff like this is usually like $400. I'm telling you from experience because I've spent that amount of money on things like this. And this is available at the $10 level on Patreon. $10 a month to get access to this and you can cancel any time. There's no obligation. It's a subscription like Netflix. You leave whenever you want. But here's the kicker. 
it's only going to be available for $10 until the end of February. After that, I'm actually going to close that membership tier. So the way Patreon works is that it's tiered content. There's the $5 level where you get a certain amount of content. There's the $10 level where you get a certain amount of content, including this Pentacle program. And then there's the $15 level where you get even more content. What I'm going to do at the end of February is I'm actually going to close the $10 level because I want to limit the amount of people who can get it for this price just because there's going to be a live component. There's a lot of value going into it. And so if you wait until March, you can still get access to it, but you're going to have to get access to it for $15 instead of $10. And that's going to be $15 a month. So it's five extra dollars a month every single month. So, you know, it adds up. I'm a budget queen. I... <laughs> I like a good deal. So I'm telling you, if you have an interest, get in now. The intros are already uploaded, so you can do the intros. And what's going to happen is I'm going to be releasing it live week by week, and we'll be doing it together and then checking in on Discord with each other and holding each other accountable and sharing our stories and... It's going to be really fun. It was super fun in the first run. I'll leave a link below. You can look at the testimonials from the last run, what people thought of it, the results that they got. Um, and then there should also be like a preview of what it looks like on the inside. I think you can listen to the meditation I have in the program for free. Just read about it. But honestly, I'd be super excited to have you in there. I would love to meet more of you in the Patreon community. The Patreon community that I've created, it's called the Occultist Lab, and it's essentially a place for skeptical mystics. I strive to create content on a weekly basis for you to keep you inspired and juiced up and feeling metaphysical and metaphorical and beautifully creative like life is a magical creative project because it is so i hope you'll join me i hope to see you there uh thank you for listening thank you for being here every day i thank my lucky stars for you and stay mysterious <laughs>